0: Amen. Thank you, ladies. Appreciate that. What a wonderful time of worship. Here we are. Christmas is over. Now, I don't know about you, but just about the time of Thanksgiving, I start getting anxious and excited, and there's a little more pep in my step, there's a little more happiness and joy, and you see more people smiling, and they're walking around, and they're happy, and they're starting to say, Merry Christmas, and for a whole month, everybody's excited, it's the countdown, it's coming, we've got special church services, we've got gifts around the tree. December 25th comes, and everybody has a great shindig. And the 26th comes. Depression. It's over. All that buildup, and now it's done. What do we look forward to? Now, in my household growing up, my dad loved Christmas. Christmas. And being the uh, biblical academic that he was, he was a stickler for epiphany. Christmas isn't over. The wise men are coming. Twelve days of Christmas. So as long as we could keep the decorations up, we did. As a matter of fact, we had a cartoon that was pinned on the, uh, the message board of our, our kitchen as long as I can remember. Actually, I think we, we still had it last time we were home and we were cleaning things out and we found it. It's a wife holding a gun to her husband saying, take down the tree now. <laughs> that was kind of what it was when our, in our house. It's the 26th. It's the day after, that dreaded day after. The songs have been sung, the gifts have been given, the dinner's eaten, the movie's watched, Scrooge has seen the errors of his ways, Bing Crosby has bo boom boo bo all month long. Now, some will stubbornly hold on to the holiday, Until Epiphany, but for all intents and purposes, at least as far as the world is concerned, Christmas is over. It's done. This is the day after. People start feeling deflated, depressed, let down, that the specialness is over. Back to humdrum life. Oh, sure, we might get excited for New Year's, but. Other than that, everything is the same old, same old again. There was a day after that first Christmas too. After nine months of anticipation and uncertainty, think about the leading up to Christmas for Mary. Nine months, instead of just one month of it's coming, nine months of it's coming. And she was scared out of her mind, I'm sure. She was freaked out. People were talking. You know, they're betrothed. They ain't married yet, though. And, she, and there's a baby coming. So people are chattering about her. Nine months of people chattering about her. Nine months of, okay, what did the angel mean by this and that and the other? <sighs> And then the crescendo, the trip to Bethlehem, the angels, the shepherds crash in the, the, crash in the, the delivery room. All of that happens. And then the day after, Jesus was born. Now Mary and Joseph were faced with the reality of having a son, a newborn son, a hungry son who would be completely reliant upon them. He was the savior of the world, but he would need fed and burped and changed and nurtured and instructed. Jesus had to grow up. The morning after, the shepherds had to go back to the field. They had jobs to do. The angels went back to heaven. And the magi, they weren't going to get around until another year later or so. The miraculous had occurred. Everything had changed. Yet now, everyday life was back. Everyday life remained in the cold, harsh light of that day after. Or did it? Yes, there were the tasks, the hardships of human life. But certainly there was a current of anticipation, especially for Mary and Joseph. They knew more was coming. Yes, there was all that excitement of that Christmas day. But the day after, they had to get you know, back to the, 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 the pace of living. There were things to do. But you know what? When you have an angel telling, telling you that your son is going to be the Savior of the world, you know there's more ahead, right? You know as Christians... After the baby was laid in the manger, there's more to come, right? My first point the day after, it's a time of preparation. Preparation begins today, it wasn't the end, this is the start. The day after began Jesus' preparation for ministry, we don't get to see a whole lot of Jesus growing up, but we do get to see some pivotal moments. His dedication at the temple when Simeon, the old prophet, lifted him up and said, God, you can let me die now. My eyes have seen your salvation. There was the angel coming and saying, Get out of town. Herod's looking for the kid. Get to Egypt. And so they fled to Egypt for a while. Fast forward to 12 year old Jesus schooling the wise guys at the temple. And they're amazed. Here are these guys that have studied the Torah their entire lives. And this 12-year-old is taking him to church. As a matter of fact, Luke 2.40 tells us, the boy grew up and became strong, filled with wisdom and God's grace was upon him. In the Henry commentary, it says, whereas other children have foolishness bound in their hearts which appears in what they say and do. Jesus was filled with wisdom, not by any advantages of instruction or uh, education. He was a carpenter's kid, but he was the son of God. The operation of the Holy Ghost was on him. Everything he said and did was wisely said and wisely done above his years. Children show that the corruption of nature is in them, and the tares of sin grow up with the wheat of reason. Jesus made it appear that nothing but the grace of God was upon him. The grace of God was upon him. The Holy Spirit was upon him. He was growing up he physically and spiritually. He was being prepared by his heavenly Father. Now, I'm not saying Jesus had to learn everything about God. He knows everything about God. He is God. But when you stop and think about it, Jesus became flesh to be among us. And to truly be among us, he had to grow up with us. He had to experience the full gamut of human life. so we would know that he knows we can't imagine what it is to be god but god does not have to imagine what it is to be human he's been human he has suffered he has froze he's been hungry he got picked on I'm sure by bullies in the neighborhood He experienced everything about the human condition, yet he never sinned. For every highlight that we are shown in Scripture, there were years of average days for Jesus. Not every day was a miracle working day. There were fishing trips with dad. Hours learning carpentry. Hours in Hebrew school. Where he could have taught them a thing or two. All the while, Jesus was being prepared for what God had planned him to ultimately do. He was here to die. Birth was just the beginning. Luke 2.48 says, When his parents saw him, they were astonished. This is him. He had got away from them. And they found him and said at the temple talking to the, the scholars. And they were looking around for him. And finally they found him and said, What are you doing? We were worried, sick. You were freaking out here. Why did you do this? And Jesus says, Didn't you know I had to be about my father's business? Jesus was being prepared. Jesus knew the plan. And he was going through it. But there was a holding pattern. He couldn't just be born, walk outside and say, okay, here I am. He had things to do here on earth. It was a holding pattern after. Are you in a holding pattern this day after Christmas? God is preparing you for your next assignment. Zechariah 4.10 tells us, Do not despise these small beginnings, for the Lord rejoices to see the work begin. Jesus did a lot of living before starting his earthly ministry. But the preparation began once Christmas Day had passed. Christmas Day came, the day after, the preparation The plan was in full effect. God's plan for you is in full effect today. Maybe you feel like, God, I've been here. Surely you got more in plan for me than just showing up. He does. It just might be that you're in a season of preparation right now. And there's some things on the checklist that you've got you've to hit on before you move on. My second point about this day after, don't limit your joy. Joy to the world, the Lord has come. It's the day after and now we're bummed. Don't limit your Christmas joy to just the season. Just because the clock hit midnight last night and it became December 26th does not mean we need to rip down the holly and the tinsel and become overburdened sourpusses. Now, it has nothing to do with the decorations. And I know we can't leave the decorations up all year. They wouldn't be special if we did that, right? Right? But grasping for the next thing to make us less miserable is not the way to go. The joy and gift of Christmas is ours because the hope Christ brought to us. And it's just the beginning, like we said. Just as Jesus' mission did not end with being born, neither does your mission end with being born again. I'll say that again. Just as Jesus' mission didn't end when he was born, your mission did not end when you became born again. It began. John 17, 18, Jesus says, As you, God, sent me into the world, I have sent them into the world. Maybe you're feeling like it's the day after in your relationship with God. There was that excitement when you first met Jesus. Everything was shiny. There was tinsel everywhere. It felt like gifts were everywhere. You were so excited you were going to conquer the world for Jesus. There was that excitement. You couldn't talk about him enough. You couldn't read your Bible enough. You couldn't hear the gospel enough. But somewhere along the way, everyday life crept in. Devotions became a checklist, a have-to. Church became an obligation. The gospel message heard so often, it became background noise. Don't think you're alone in this. The psalmist himself cried out, Create in me a clean heart, O God. Renew a right spirit within me. And then he goes on to say, Return to me the joy of my salvation. We have the best news anyone can hear. People of the world, I honestly don't know how they celebrate Christmas. Because all around them are songs about comfort and joy, joy to the world, songs about peace and hope and salvation. And they sing them and they have no idea what they're talking about. Absolutely no idea. It's lyrics to a song that they've heard a hundred times. They're old time, it's tradition. We sing it and pfft, that's it. That's why we do it. We have experienced that joy. We've experienced that hope. We've experienced his salvation. We know what Christmas is all about. And we have this gospel message to tell people, you do not have to be alone. You don't have to be alone and die in your sin and be cast out away from God forever. There's a God who loves you and prepared a way for you through Jesus whom you're singing about. You sing about him in December and then the rest of the year you take his name in vain. He came to save you For those of you who know Jesus that's something to be joyful about every day Remember happiness happiness is a fleeting emotion it ebbs and flows some days you're happy some days you're not you have bummer days Joy is something completely different the joy of the Lord is our strength right The joy of the Lord comes from the Holy Spirit. But it's not only that. The joy of the Lord is the same joy Jesus had because he knows everything, especially about his father. Charles Spurgeon says it this way. The believer who is in a spiritually healthy state rejoices mainly in God himself. He is happy because there is a God and because God is in his person and character what he is. All the attributes of God become wellsprings of joy to the thoughtful, contemplative believer. For such a man says within his soul, all these attributes of God are mine. His power, His protection, His wisdom, my guidance, my faithfulness, my foundation. His grace is my salvation. That's the joy of the Lord. Who God is and what He's done. And knowing your place as one of His kids Now you might have a rough day at work and you're not feeling happy. But deep down you've got to feel that joy. That this isn't all there is to it. That day, that bad day of work on the grand scheme of things doesn't matter. Because we know who is in control. We know who saves us and loves us. That's the joy of the Lord. The old hymn proclaims its joy unspeakable and full of glory. And the half has never yet been told. John Piper says, to pursue the experience of this joy by looking steadfastly at the whole array of excellencies in Christ in the word of God, while crying out continually for the spirit to come, and open your eyes to see this glory and to savor this glory with the very savoring of God. Never stop learning and uncovering more about God. Your joy will be full the more you learn about Him. And finally, point three. The story is not over. Of course, Christmas Day, the day after Christmas, has marked the beginning of a countdown. You know, we were counting down to Christmas. Well, that day after Christmas began another countdown, the countdown to Calvary. Jesus came to die. He knew his mission. Jesus, your mission, should you choose to accept it, And he did. And then once Calvary started, there's another countdown. Countdown to Easter. You see, the story isn't over. It keeps going and going. And the miraculous has one more act. He's coming back. He's coming back. People have been saying it for hundreds of years. Oh, we're in the end times. Oh, dear Jesus, come and take us home now. It can't get any worse. Well, (laughs) it does. But you know what I believe? We are closer to the end times now than we ever were before. And should the Lord tarry and we pass away to be absent, from the body is to be present with God. And hallelujah. But if he does come back, oh, what a glorious day that will be. He's fulfilled his promises in the book. He's going to fulfill that one. We've celebrated his first coming, but the second coming is on the way. Christmas Day may be over for this year, but the final chapter, the finale To the Christmas story, the saga is unfolding even as we sit here this morning. If you think Christ coming as a baby was amazing, you ain't seen nothing yet. Let's pray. Dear Jesus, we thank you. We thank you that the story wasn't over just by you coming and saying, I don't want to do anything else. You came, you lived among us, you loved us, you died for us, you rose from the dead, and you're coming back. Thank you for the gospel message. Thank you that we can be joyful and excited and have that hope and joy and peace that we sing about in December. We can have that 365 days a year because of who you are, Jesus, and what you've done. May we allow you to prepare us for what you have ahead for us. Whether it's ministry in a pulpit, whether it's talking to a coworker, whether it's praying for loved ones that need to know you, Jesus. Let us be open to your preparation. And let us be always expectant for the end of the saga. We pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen.